Okay, so you guys should be warmed up now pretty well. Okay, ready? He is risen. He is risen all right, all right. You know, as we're singing those songs, and as I'm, I was watching that video earlier, something that, that really struck me, no, that's good, that's good. Um, something that just really struck me is thinking about loved ones that I have lost and knowing that even in the last month or so, there's been some funerals. Uh, some of you have lost loved ones. The resurrection of Christ is what gives us hope that we will see those loved ones again. So we, we can rejoice this morning, even in our grieving, that uh, we know we have hope to see them again. You know, broken uh, relationships, broken rules, lead to broken relationships. I think all of us fall on this continuum between being either a rule keeper or a rule breaker. So I fall on that continuum towards being a rule keeper. And somehow my, my wife picked up on this like immediately after she met me. We, we actually met 22 years ago on Easter Sunday, which was April 16th. And so we met this afternoon. We were a group of people were together for lunch, a bunch of single young people. And she and I happened to sit by each other. We talked for maybe an hour or so. And we came away from that. We didn't really start dating immediately, but, but months later, a girlfriend of hers asked her, what do you think of that Dave Wolf guy? And her response was, oh, him, he, he's a rule keeper. He's too much of a rule keeper. You know, and I'm thinking, okay, number one, how could she have figured that out in an hour of talking to, her, to me? And number two, why didn't she find that attractive? I, I don't know. Fortunately, I won her over with, with other things, but you know, rule keeping has always kind of been my mode of operations because when I break the rules, things just don't seem to go well, as is evidenced by uh, an example I'll give you here. One, one morning, I was driving my daughter, who was then in elementary school. We were in Texas. I was driving her to school, and I needed to take something into the office and drop it off. So I didn't typically drive her to school, didn't know how this operation worked. And so I drove her and, and found that there was this huge line of everybody else whose kids are in school. I'm like, don't we have buses? You know, but we're sitting there in line. It's taking forever. So my plan for the morning was I'm going to drop Jessica off. I'm going to take this paper into the office and then I'm going to get to work. And meanwhile, I'm sitting in this line watching my watch saying, this is taking forever. And so finally I get Jessica up to the point where she gets out. And then I realize I can't park to go in and, and drop my paper off unless I drive through that whole line again, which is still just sitting there creeping along. And so as I'm, I'm pulling away from dropping Jessica off, I can see the spot where I need to park. You know, it's one of those five-minute parking kind of spots. I can see it, and I, I can see that I can get there if I just go through the do not enter uh, sign. And I thought... It, the, the, the spot is right there. It's right there. And all I got to do, I'll just slip right in. No harm, no foul. So I'm like, okay. So I, I go for it. I drive in the do not enter. And wouldn't you know it, someone is driving towards me, this frantic lady who's just like waving her hands and like pointing at me, pointing at the sign. And I'm sitting there going like, lady, you're such a rule keeper. You, you just need to like chill out. I mean, come on. You know, relax, there's, there's no harm done here. So I got into my spot, I walk into the office, I take my paper and I, I hand it over and I'm signing off on something. And so frantic, crazy lady, she walks into the office. She walks by me and she comes up and, sh and she goes, sir, 
Those signs are there for a reason. And they're there for the protection of our children, and I will thank you in the future to observe that sign. And so I'm just kind of mumbling, like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm sorry, and, and she walks away, and the secretary behind the desk says, you just got in trouble with the principal. <laughs> so this is why I am a rule keeper, because it just, it just never goes really well for me, right? So... You know, I, I really didn't care that much about what that principal thought of me, although I was hoping that she didn't know who I was so she wouldn't make life miserable for my daughter. I don't think she did. I didn't really care that much about what that principal thought of me because I didn't have a relationship with her. But the relationship that, that mean the most to us when we break rules and break those relationships, that's what matters, right? So if you have kids in your home and you have a set of rules and your kids break those rules... That causes tension, right? And if you have a boss at work that has a rule or a policy there in your workplace that says um, every year we're going to have a review. I'm going to give you a review. I'm going to review your performance. I'm going to review your compensation, you know? And, and if he doesn't keep that promise, if he doesn't keep that policy or that rule, that causes tension. We learn, I, I can't trust this guy. And if... If at home you tell your spouse, I'm going to be home at a certain time, and you, you do that over and over and over again, and you kind of have this understanding and this agreement, and you keep breaking that. Broken rules break our trust, and that breaks our relationships. The same is true with God. God has a set of rules. Uh, we can take, as an example of those rules, we could take the, the Ten Commandments. He says, um, you know, don't lie, don't steal from one another, don't, don't murder anyone. Those sound like good things to do because we don't want to break relationships with the people around us. And so a lot of us, we, we try to keep those rules. We try to be rule keepers because, frankly, I mean, those rules are good idea to keep. It's good to not lie to people. It's good to not murder people. If you didn't know that, that's your main point for today. Okay? It's, it's good, you know, to keep these commandments. The problem is that inevitably we, we end up breaking those rules at some point in our life. And then we wonder, what does God think of me? And we wonder, like, what, what kind of punishment is in store? If my relationship with God is broken because I have broken his rules, then we wonder what's in store. And so some people, who are more the rule keepers like me, end up saying, I'm, I just feel this heavy weight of guilt, feel like I can never measure up, and feel like I, you know, I don't know how I'm ever going to get right with God. And if you're more of a rule breaker, you end up saying, you know what, I've broken one rule, I'm just going to break them all, forget it, who cares? And this morning, what I want us to talk about here for, for just a few minutes is a whole different way of approaching God that is not based on rules at all, but is based on something that brings freedom in our lives and restoration of our relationship with Him and, in fact, the relationships with people around us. So if you would take a Bible and turn to Galatians chapter 3, there are some white Bibles there. If you don't have one with you this morning, 
Some white Bibles look like this one on your seat. And if you're, you're new uh, to Grace Point this morning, just a really warm welcome to you. And just so you know, as we spend time looking at the Scriptures, we, I like for people to look at them and not just listen, not just think I'm making this stuff up or where does this come from, but I want you to be able to see this for yourself. That's why we have those Bibles there at your seat, which you're welcome to take one with you if you don't have a Bible. But I realize in, in talking to some of you who are new here this morning, maybe some of you who have been around at Grace Point for a while, that people have a lot of different perspectives on rules and even on God. And so some of you may be here this morning and maybe like, you know, somebody drugged me here and I'm just here because we're going to brunch afterwards and this is just a stop on the way and that, that's okay. So if, if you're here this morning, you don't even believe there's a God, then that's that's fine. I'm glad you're here, and I hope that you'll tune in. You're here anyway, so you might as well tune in for the next couple of minutes, and, and maybe there'll be something useful that kind of lodges in your, your brain here as we, as we talk. But we're going to start, uh, we're going to look at Galatians chapter 3. A little bit of background before we read these verses here. This book of Galatians was written to a church uh, quite a number of years ago, a church where there was a lot of people who were really strict rule keepers. They, they believed that the better you kept the rules, the more in you would be with God. And so the solution to having a relationship with God is just, just keep the rules, just follow the rules. And so actually this whole book, this whole letter, which only takes maybe 10 or 15 minutes to read the whole thing, which you could do later on this afternoon, this whole letter is written to combat that mindset, that idea that our connection with God, our relationship with God is based on rules. And the ironic thing is that it's written by a man that if anybody is going to believe that you get to God by keeping rules, it would have been Paul. The Apostle Paul, who became a follower of Jesus, he was educated in the strictest ways of the law. He tried his best for the first part of his life to follow those rules, only to discover that he was imperfect like the rest of us and had to find a different way to relate to God. And that's what he's going to talk to us about here. So he said this in Galatians 3 verse 10. He said, all who rely on works of the law are under a curse, for it is written, cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. So it is written, I want to read that again. It is written, cursed be everyone who does not abide by, what's the next word? All things written in the book of the law and do them. So. So Paul says, if you're going to go the route of following rules to try to have a relationship with God, then that's okay, but you just need to know one thing. If you're going to go that route, you have to obey all of them perfectly. It's, it, we, we could kind of picture it like, like this. I mean, if, if each one of these links in this chain is something good that I do, is, is an obedience that I demonstrate to, to God's law, then if I'm going to rely on that, then I need to do it all right so that it's going to hold me up, right? Because, because what God's word says is, and in Romans chapter 6, says that the wages of sin is death. And so a sin, a break in relationship, a disobedience to any of God's rules, the consequence for that is death. And so we can kind of picture that we're all kind of hanging over a pit 
that leads us to death, and we need to rely on something to keep us from falling into that pit. And so if I'm going to rely on, that's, that's the word that Paul uses, if you're going to rely on the law, if you're going to rely on the rules, you've got to rely on making sure you do all of them right. There cannot be any weak link in this chain. Now the problem is that if you're anything like me, there is going to be a weak link in the chain. Because at some point, all of us are going to disobey some rule that God gave us to obey. Now, do, do not raise your hand here. Okay, please don't. But anybody ever lie? Don't raise your hand. Okay. Anybody ever take something that wasn't yours? Maybe you fudged your numbers just a little bit on your tax returns, which were due yesterday, by the way. Anybody ever disobey? Think back to your parents. Some of you don't have to think back too far. Think, think back. Did you ever dishonor, disobey your, your parents? Because if, if you ever broke one of those rules, then that means there's, there's a weak link. And so if you're going to rely on the rules to, to hold you up, and you have a weak link in that, that's not going to be a good thing when you go to put all of your weight and rely on that. It's not going to hold you up. And so Paul says, that's, that's why Paul says, look at this verse again. He says, it is written, cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. And so what we try to do imperfectly ends up becoming a chain around us because we're not able to do it. We're not able to keep it perfectly. So it becomes a chain around us instead of something that we are, are able to do. He says it becomes a curse. In James chapter 2, it says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become accountable for all of it. So what that means is, is this for you and me. Like if you and I lie, if we're dishonest about something, if we try to deceive somebody, that means we are now in the same category as a murderer. Okay, that, that sounds harsh. That, that doesn't mean that your lie did as much damage as that murder, but it puts you in the same category. It takes us out of the category of perfection and puts us into the category of cursed and lawbreakers. And God said that the punishment for breaking the law is death. If you think that sounds harsh, then I want you to think about a little bit later on today when you're eating, and when you go out to that restaurant, or you're eating at home, and you, take, you pull a plate out, and the plate looks really good for the most part, but there's this one little spot of some gooey, stinky, dark stuff on your plate. So you're looking at your plate thinking, well, most of it looks pretty good, but you know, I'll just overlook the gooey, stinky, dark spot. Are you going to do that? Probably not. I mean, you're going to say, I, I want a new plate. I want a plate that's all clean, no gooey, dark stuff. And so God says we, we all need to keep, if you're going to rely on the law, if you're going to rely on keeping the rules, then you've got to keep all of it. There can't be even one part that we, we mess up. And we, so we're, we're cursed. Paul says we are under the curse. 
of that, of our inability to be able to keep God's law. So what's the solution for that? He goes on to say that in verse 11. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the, just, for the righteous shall live by faith. But the law is not of faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. Speaking of the, the laws or the rules. Here it is. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. So the answer to how do we get out from under the curse is not law. That's not the word that we need. The, the word that we need is in verse 13. It's redeemed. It's redeemed. That's the word that we're, we're going to be looking at for the next several weeks in some different aspects of this word redeemed. Here's a definition of the word redeemed. It means bought from slavery for the purpose of setting free. So what ends up happening for you and me is that because we are unable to keep the law perfectly for God, we, we become slaves to sin. And we need somebody to redeem us. We need someone to, to pay that price to set us free. Pay the price, pay the ransom, pay the redemption fee. We can think back to the, the history of our country. And it was interesting researching this this past week. There were a few people who who tried to do this as a solution to the slavery problem. There's a woman named Fanny Wright, who in 1825 thought, I, I want to do an experiment. I want to try to establish a, a commune, and I'm going to buy slaves out of their slavery. I will go to their slave owners, and I will pay the price to rescue them from their slave owners. And now I'm going to put them in this commune in order to teach them skills, life skills, how to live in the, the real world, because many of them grew up as slaves, didn't know how to live in the real world. And so we'll teach them in this commune, and then we'll set them free. So that was, that was her idea. It didn't work out quite the way she hoped it would. But this is, this is what Christ has done for us. Is he sees us, he sees our condition, sees that no matter how hard we try, we are not able to forge every link perfectly. And so he looks on us, sees our slavery, and says, I want to set you free from that slavery. That's what Good Friday is all about. That Jesus paid the, the price for us. And in Jesus' case, he did not pay to redeem us with money. He paid to redeem us with his life. So that's why we're calling this series Written in Red. Because it was his blood, it was his death in our place as an exchange for us that sets us free. Because he redeemed us to set us free. And so the chain doesn't need to be around us anymore. It doesn't need to be a curse. We can be set free. And now what we enter into is relationship. Real relationship, uninterrupted relationship with Christ. We replace rules with relationship. Look at uh, verse 14. It says, so that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. 
So what Christ has done is opened up the possibility for us to have relationship with him and for his spirit to come and live in us. So instead of the law and following the rules being a burden on us that we cannot keep, the spirit comes to live in us to teach us, to comfort us, to remind us of truth, to empower us to be able to live that out. That's all about relationship, not about rules. So we replace rules with relationship. What this comes down to is that you and I have to make a choice to stop relying on what we can do and rely on what Christ has already done. See, that's what sets Christianity apart from every other religion in the world, is, is those two words, do versus done. Because every other religion operates on, on some kind of system of following rules. If you can follow the rules well enough, you might get into favor with God. You might be able to spend eternity with him. It's all about what we do. Christianity is all about what Christ has already done, his finished work. From the cross, he said the words, it is finished. He finished the work of paying the price so that you and I could be redeemed, giving his life as an exchange so that we can replace rules with relationship. I know it's a lot to ask to rely on someone else I mean, because basically what I'm doing is, I mean, if I, if I rely on this chain to hold me up, and that's something that I can do, at least that's something tangible that I can control. But instead, what I'm suggesting to you is that you're, you're doing kind of a trust fall where you're, you're relying on someone you can't even see. You're letting yourself rest on, if anything's going to hold me up over this pit of destruction that is rightfully my destiny because I have failed to obey God's commands. If anybody's going to do that, it's going to have to be Christ. I'm going to rely on him to hold me up. I know that's a lot to ask, but Christ is no ordinary person. That's what we celebrate today. If you'd flip back a page to Galatians 1.1, the introduction to, to the letter here, but it says, Paul an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. See, Jesus paid a price of redemption by his death on the cross. That's Good Friday. But what we find on Sunday morning is that he was raised from the dead, which tells us that his, the price that he paid was accepted. It was paid in full. If he had stayed dead in the grave, we wouldn't know. We wouldn't, did he do enough? Did, did, is, it, is there any life for How can there be life for us if our Savior stayed dead? So because Jesus rose again, he has the power, the right to give us life. Paul said in another letter that he wrote in Philippians chapter 3, he said, I count everything as loss, because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law. That would be a righteousness of my own as if I can keep all the laws and all the rules perfectly. That would be a righteousness of my own. But I have a righteousness that comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. 
that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. That's what he's calling us to know is the power of his resurrection in our lives. That's what we celebrate today. Without the resurrection, Christianity is just wishful thinking. And, and we should all just go home, quite frankly. If it didn't historically, if there wasn't a historical resurrection of Jesus from the grave, then you and I have no hope. But we believe that he did walk on this earth, that he did die a physical death, was placed in a grave, but overcame that death. And if you, if you want to delve into that further and, and take more time than we have uh, this morning, we have some books, booklets available for you to pick up on the way out. It's called The Case for Easter. Kind of dovetails with a movie that's out right now called The Case for Christ. But it goes into historical evidence for why we can believe that Christ came and died for us. We want to replace rules with relationships. So, so this is a great idea, but I want you to hear a, a real life story about how this can work its way out in our lives. And I'm going to ask John Donahue, I'm going to move this chain out of the way a little bit for you, and uh, ask John to come join me up here. John and, John, uh, and I have gotten to know each other through a, a small group that we've been in over the last couple of months. And as I've heard some of his story, it, it's really struck me because I, I, I know that you come from a background of following a lot of rules. That's correct. And I, so I wondered if you would share that with us and then how you transitioned to something new. Okay. Well, the first thing I want to do is uh, give the people out here a warning. So you've got to watch who your friends and, and people you know. Because once you find that out, then you end up <laughs> yeah. getting up a here. call during That's the right. week and spilling your guts on Sunday, yeah. Easter Sunday. That's so, right. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there's a rule somewhere that says <laughs> when your pastor calls you, you need to come. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that yeah. rule. That's so, good. Yeah. But uh, seriously, I, I grew up in a uh, very loving religious home. Um, we were required to go to Sunday school. We were required to go to church every Sunday. We were required to memorize the Ten Commandments. We were mem- we uh, also were you know needed to memorize the Apostles' Creed. So, yes, as a youth, that's kind of what we did. Mm-hmm. And so you were following rules, following rules. And I mean, why didn't you just kind of keep doing that? Did something happen to transition you? Out well, yes. I mean, things were going good in my life, uh, supposedly. <laughs> I was um, bit successful at work. Um, I had. I um, was married and just had uh, our third child. Uh, I have four now. And uh, everything I thought was going well, but I wasn't really living by these rules anymore. I kind of was living by my own rules. My own rules was making me successful at work. Mm-hmm. It was making me successful at my home, mm-hmm. which I thought. And then, uh, but my wife, was taking, this was taking a toll on her. So she uh, eventually had enough courage up to talk to me and say, you know, she couldn't put up with this lifestyle I was living. So I knew I had to change. Um, I, had to make, I had to make some hard changes, and it was tough for me because I had these rules. I had, so I, kept, I started going back to that. I said, okay, well, maybe I'll go to church more regularly. I'll be there every Sunday. But nothing was, uh, it wasn't taking. So uh, my wife decided, hey, why don't we try to, to go to a different church? Maybe that will help. And, uh, it, you know, it was, it was okay, you know, but then God started putting people in my life, hmm. people that started teaching me to have a personal relationship with the Lord. Once I did that, as I was slow, you know, it, it was sl- a slow roll to that. Once 
I, did, I started doing that. I, I, you know, one Sunday, um, I just felt God tugging on me, and I got up in front of everybody and walked up front of the church, hmm. professed my faith, and wow, you know, it just it felt like a lot of release. Hmm. I think all of a sudden, once I got home from that, I realized that, wow, now all these laws and rules that I had as a, as a youth, they all made sense to me now. Hmm. It, 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 they became real. Once I, I learned that, I, I was like, wow, you know, I want to do these. Hmm. I want to obey these rules. Okay, so it doesn't mean, like when you came into a personal relationship with Christ, it doesn't mean that you just then go, okay, throw it all out and uh, I'm just going to do whatever I want. No, not at all. Exactly. I mean, I think there's a big difference when you're a youth having to follow the rules. Mm-hmm. And once you make that profession of faith and you have Jesus in your heart, mm-hmm. I think you want to do those things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like it, you said that this kind of happened over a period of time. This wasn't just like a, you woke up one morning no. and everything was different. No, this was over about at, least, at least probably a six-month ordeal. Mm-hmm. So. And can, can you flesh out just maybe just a little bit more for somebody this morning who, who may be still in that? Maybe you're, they're a rule keeper. Um, you know, what, is, what does it mean to move from, uh, from rules being your kind of MO to... Now having a relationship with somebody that I can't see. I mean, can you talk a little bit more? Yeah, about I think that? I think I think God put something in my life that I was so fearful of losing, which was my wife and my kids, that I did it. But after I did that, it was it was it was very. It wasn't such a big deal. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a big deal to make that jump. I always was trying to hold on to something, but that wasn't really there. It wasn't real. Mm-hmm. And so the the point when you said that you came you came up front, yeah, um, that was a point of recognizing. I've broken the rules, can't keep the rules, I need something different. Yeah, I needed hope. Yeah, and you needed Christ, you needed, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, thank you, John, thanks for coming and sharing that, and hopefully that, that connects with, with somebody who's here this morning, I appreciate you coming. Thank you for sharing that. The, this shift that we're talking about, this shift from focusing on rules to, to relationship is, is a choice that each one of us has to make because each one of us has chosen to, to break the rules. Um, one of the verses that we read there in verse uh, 14 of Galatians 3, it says, so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith, so that we might receive him. Um, not, not everybody comes into relationship with Christ. Not everybody every, ever finds that. It's, it's something that we, we choose to receive as, as a free gift. And so, uh, it's, and that's not easy all the time. It's not easy because we, we tend to like to control our own lives. We like to hold ourselves up. We like to pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps. And yet Jesus asks us to come, and and the question for us this morning is, will will you let Jesus set you free? Will you let him set you free from from the the curse of trying to obey rules that you're never going to be able to follow perfectly? And and will you explore what what might it mean to look like to, to come into a relationship with someone who helps you and supports you and encourages you to to follow his his path? versus trying to do it on your own. Let's pray. Father, uh, we thank you for the opportunity this morning to celebrate 
uh, the victory of Christ over death. We thank you that you have provided a way for us to come into relationship with you instead of relying on rules. And so, Lord, I want to pray for the, the person who is here this morning who's still relying on those, those rules. I want to pray for the person who feels um, like they've got that chain around their leg that is just dragging them down and holding them back, and they don't know what to do about it, and they need help. Father, I pray that they would recognize their need this morning for, for Christ. And I want to just pause here in, in the prayer, and I want to just ask you to consider in, in your own heart, if you're here this morning, if, if you want that freedom, then I'm not going to ask you to, to come up and, and to, to come up front here, but I am going to ask you to just, just raise your hand. This is just between you and the Lord. Everybody has their eyes closed. But if you want that freedom in, in your own life, that you would raise your hand and in your heart just call out to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I want the freedom. I want the relationship with you that you are offering to me. pray over you who are raising your, your hands here this morning. Father, I thank you for the courage that it takes to, to reach out to you, to, to take a step of relying on someone that we can't see, of falling into the arms of someone that we cannot see. And so I pray for each of these persons who's calling out to you in their heart this morning, that they would come to know the power of your resurrection in their life, that they would come to know the power of your forgiveness from their failures and your power to walk into the future that you have for them. Lord, we celebrate your power, we celebrate your resurrection, and, and Jesus, this morning, we celebrate you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.